Heart your haters, why you should love your haters. Here's a few quotes. Learn to use the criticism as fuel and you will never run out of energy. Ryan Woodward. The only thing more frustrating than slanders is those foolish enough to listen to them. Chris Jami. I don't worry about the haters. They are just angry because the truth I speak contradicts the lie they live. Steve Maraboli. It's amazing the lies that people will believe about men when the truth is actually much more interesting. Unknown. Rumors are carried by haters, spread by fools, and accepted by idiots. Nishan Panwa. And you're here today joining me, Colin, over at, in this metaphysical realm of information and audio waves brought to you at the speed of light through servers. And it's actually pretty damn fascinating if you actually think about it. What the internet is, it's amazing. But this is the Better Human Show. And today we're talking about hearting your haters. Early on in my social media career, I've never really made it a career, but I've kind of used it for business and I've done it for personal reasons, whatever. And I've gone through the different peaks and valleys of wanting to do it seriously and not caring. And finally, I've come to an acceptance that it's mostly a joke and I use it as a tool to be able to distribute this content. But I'm not spending time trying to hack Instagram or get a bunch of followers or whatever. Those vanity metrics don't mean anything to me. It actually just matters to me whether you, a single individual right now, whatever your name is, that you tune in to other episodes of the show, that you are on the newsletter over at The Better Human Co., and that you and I develop a kind of audience, listener, speaker, uh, you know, podcaster type of relationship. That's all that matters. That is what's going to mean the difference between <clears throat> my work mattering, uh, it's going to mean the difference in whether anything I say here matters to you in your life. And if you do anything with that, so on and so forth. All the other stuff doesn't matter. And haters are exactly that. They are people that don't matter. What you find is that a lot of people follow along and pretend to be haters and constantly attack you, but they're still following along. They develop this weird obsession with you. And over time, hopefully they start to like you. I've seen that a lot. I've seen a lot of people kind of say early on, you know, at first I thought this, I thought that, or I didn't follow you. And I don't, I'm not just saying me, I'm saying other people. And then I kind of like woke up and realized that I was being dumb or I was being closed-minded or whatever. And now I'm one of your truest, realest fans or followers. It's understandable that we have a resistance to hate negativity. Let me give you the evolutionary psychology reason why that is. Back in the day when we lived in small bands as hunter-gatherers, your reputation was everything. If you had a bad reputation or if you had a reputation as uh, a hoarder of resources or disloyal or a liar, that would put you at a major disadvantage and potentially even be a death sentence for getting food from others because in a communal shared tribe, if people don't want to share with you because they think you're not going to share with them, you're going to get less food. You're absolutely not going to get access to mates. Your reproductive chances are basically gone because again, we did not live in a world where we could just go join some other group, especially early, early on when there were very few humans on the planet Earth. Your tribe was effectively your family for life. And when I say family for life, I mean, those people in some cases at different times in history for certain humans were the only people you'd have ever interacted with or seen your entire life. In fact, seeing another tribe or another human would have been such an oddity and such a rarity that you probably would have proceeded with caution and even try to avoid them if possible because you don't know if they're a threat. And then of course, populations grew and we started commercing 
there was environmental pressures due to population on where we were hunting. And, th- and then, you know, eventually it led to uh, money and city-states and commerce and farming. And then we had to protect our land. So we had to get weapons to do that. Then warfare. Then we took over other territories, et cetera. That's just part of our anthropological evolution and the cultural evolution and everything is tied up into it. But we were just animals in the animal kingdom like any other animal. So in the world today where it actually doesn't matter what other people say, and most of the time, if you care about it, you're going to put yourself at a disadvantage because you're not going to do things or say things. You're going to be too vanilla, too boring. And as a result, you're not going to attract the people and the things in your life that probably should be there. That's why they say like polarize and um, not polarize, polarize. You want to attract your tribe by putting off those that don't belong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, I agree with that. But I don't suggest that you should go out there and be proactively trying to stir up controversy and piss people off. Some people do that. Some people put their brand around that. That's just not for me. It's too much negativity, too much drama. But what I am saying is you should go out in the world and pursue your passion and do the things that matter to you and speak up on the things that you believe more of us need to speak up on as I've done on vaccines, as I've done on just government in general and all the ridiculousness I see and every other new rock I uncover and new information that comes to my mind, I feel compelled to try to share with others. And people come at me, they say things. I've had people uh, you know, reply to some of the newsletters and say things or whatever. Obviously, it's actually been happening less and less, which It's kind of a byproduct of the fact that most people tend to just filter themselves out. If they don't want your message or your information, they go go elsewhere. That's their power and their right. And that's great. You know, I guess it's great. I kind of want them here because I want to try to convert them or open them up a little bit. But that's just the internet for you. Over time, the more you do it, the more you build an audience of people that are listening to what you have to say. And this includes friends and family and people around you because yeah, the reality is there are a lot of people in our lives that are there just by proxy or by analogy or because like they're somebody else's boyfriend or girlfriend or like family member or whatever and you kind of have to put up with them. But you don't have to please them and you don't have to not be yourself. It just matters how much they suck you into it. That's what I found. And if you refuse to engage and they can talk all the shit they want about you and they can gossip all they want about you, and you say nothing is actually the best policy. Now, same thing with haters online. I know this, I'm not the best at adhering to it, but the best way to engage with haters online is to block them and never respond. It's just not worth responding. Now, sometimes I do because there are teachable moments there and it is actually instructive to the other people in your tribe or that you're trying to to find and and attract, you know, like sometimes when you respond to some of these things, it does strengthen the bonds you have with others. But you have to be careful because if it sucks you in and it ruins your day and you you end up, you know, getting into flame wars and you're basically letting the trolls control you, that's a problem. And that's what they will do because that's what they're designed to do. Trolls are designed to come out and to say something to elicit a response. Think about even with bullies. Bullies will poke you, prod you, do things. And if you don't respond and you just walk away, they look like a fool. You remove all their power. They love it when you fight back. Trolls love it when you fight back. Haters love it when you give them the time of day and the attention to actually respond to their drivel. So we know the best strategy is to not respond. But the broader message here is so much more than how to deal with haters or trolls. The thing that I want you to really think about What are those subtle and insidious pressures that have directed your life to this point or maybe continually directing your life to 
an end that isn't really for you? What things are you doing? What career, what decisions, what relationship have you defaulted to? You know, what habits, routines, what things are you doing or not saying because they're easier? Because it's the same pressure that makes you resistant to wanting to put out information or to be yourself because you're afraid of how people respond. That energy is the same in your own life, in your personal life, in relationships that you don't even perceive as negative. Maybe they're net positive relationships, but you end up becoming somebody you're not or you're walking on eggshells. That's the real thing that you need to identify. And I think that's the thing that's the, that's the real danger here because haters are at least like in their own bucket and own category. And we can over time usually just ignore them or at least become resilient to them, you know, become bulletproof to them. And then over time, you might even get to a place where you enjoy them. I love when people come at me because I know I'm saying I'm poking and I'm saying some things I need to be saying. I'm pushing the envelope. I know I'm going in the right direction. But what about the relationships and maybe your job, coworkers, or things you're doing to please your parents or your, your partners or whatever? What things are you not telling people, even though you feel like you probably should? Now, that doesn't mean you tell people and they have to follow what you suggest, right? That's the illusion that people have about like, I need to speak my mind. Most people believe that speaking their mind is telling somebody something and they're supposed to basically bow down and say, oh, you're right. I'll change my ways. That's complete and utter nonsense. You can say your piece. You can even maybe just say, I'm here to talk to you or offer some help in this area if you want it and when you want it. So please take me up on that. Aside from that, I care about you. I have compassion. I want the best for you, whatever. And it, it is hard for me to watch by when I feel like maybe you're doing things that aren't conducive to what you really want in life or whatever, just some way like that. Too often, what you see is this hubris around, I can't support this way of life, so I have to cut you out of my life. And unless you stop these things that I say you should stop, we can't have a relationships or be friends or this or whatever. That's the typical bullshit narrative that, unfortunately, a lot of humans adopt. And again, it's back to our ancestral past. It's the reason we act tribal. It's the reason we expect the people around us to do the things and to maintain a certain status quo. And anytime somebody goes outside that, we perceive it as a threat to our identity and to our group identity. You see this a lot with families. If, if, if a family is fully vaccinated and they believe in masks and this and that, and then you have you know the young black sheep per se that is against it, well, maybe you get uninvited from Thanksgiving. I know people that have been uninvited from the holidays. It's disgusting. It's disgusting in multiple ways, but it's mostly disgusting because of the elite that have been able to use propaganda and fear-mongering and capital S science, which isn't science, it's scientism. It's, it's political nonsense. It's what it is, political theater. It's not actually science. It's not based on science or research. It's based on a lot of conjecture and a lot of money, power, and greed and control. That's what it's actually based on. And they've been able to use that to convince the masses that their own family is a threat to them and that humans are basically walking, talking, uh, you know, death, disease carrying vessels for things that might kill you. It's unbelievable that they've been able to do that. It really is. It's probably the one thing that makes me the most nervous about the future of humanity too. But without veering too much off topic, the call to action is to identify the areas of your life in which you're not being truly yourself. You're not being who you truly are. You're not expressing who you truly are. You're not pursuing the things that matter to you because you're trying to prop up some, uh, you know, in your mind, easy or comfortable status quo. Those are the things that tend to rot away at your being. 
They rot away deep down and then they manifest in bad behaviors. And you maybe you cheat one day when you didn't even give your partner a heads up that maybe you weren't unhappy or maybe you slip into depression or, or drug abuse or alcoholism or these other things that are really just a means of your inner psyche screaming for something else, screaming to find meaning. And we pursue them in these dopamine-driven, chemically-driven ways that are all too common and all too normal in our culture because we have a culture based on delusion and based on the path of least resistance, which mostly is based on people don't want to face the truth. They don't want you to pursue your mission or your dreams because if they're not pursuing their dreams, you make them look and feel bad. So they want to fit you in a box. They want you to stay exactly the way you are for as long as possible. That is why you hear people so often say, well, I had to outgrow them or this or that. And it doesn't always mean you have to just cut people out of your life, though some people you do. Some people have to be cut out of your life, even if it's temporarily, because some people cannot accept that you are your own person and they are so narcissistically focused on themselves that any maybe happiness they might have for your continued abundance and growth is superseded by their own personal agenda. Today's show is sponsored by Organifi. Get easy to consume because you just add water or add it to water, I should say. Superfoods, less than three grams of sugar per serving and the drinks are already pre-made so they're tasty. Drop it in some water, maybe add some lemon and ice, shake it up, ready to go. You can learn more about the different products they have over at org.anifi.com slash betterhuman. That's going to give you 20% off your entire order too. The code is betterhuman and that is org.anifi.com. These are easy to go sachets that you want to keep in your pantry or in your bag or your gym bag or whatever. And they can give you a little bit of nutrition throughout the day. Also, if you're drinking a lot of water, like I do, it's always good to mix it up. So I have the coconut water powder for my electrolytes and potassium. And I throw in some of the gut restore to work on my gut health. And that's actually how I start every day. Better human code, organify.com slash better human. And if you aren't already on the every other day, better human newsletter, you absolutely need to get over there. Your every other day dose of betterment, opting out, waking up, thinking for yourself, and otherwise just becoming a more resilient, robust, anti-fragile, badass mofo of a human. That is over at thebetterhuman.co. I hope you subscribe. And if you want to share this with somebody who might appreciate it, do that. And I'll see you in the next one.